Hey, Jimmy, what you doing? Hey, listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. What you doing? Recording the Half a Bird Sports Show. <laughs> Check us out on WMQGRadio.com, Tuesdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern. And on our website, HalfABirdSportsShow.com. going on people my name is eric and welcome back to the show where i give you a week by week look at my experience with my wife's pregnancy this is week 38 and our baby boy is the size of uh well uh, <laughs> well he's the size of a six pound 14 ounce 18 inch newborn so a lot has happened since i talked to you last um it's only been a week um but last time that i talked to you i told you that or at least I think I told you, we had a doctor's appointment on Friday and Camille uh, had her blood pressure checked, as she often does, always does, whenever we have doctor's appointments. And it was a little bit elevated. It wasn't anything that we should be concerned about at the time, they told us, but it was a little bit higher than it should be. It was kind of on the high end of the okay range. Um, So we weren't really worried about it. Uh, We just knew that it had gone up a little bit and she had a lot of swelling in her legs and in her feet and all that kind of stuff. Um, So we went through the rest of the weekend, not really thinking about it. Um, By the time it got around to Tuesday of the next week, I got up at five to go to work because that's what I do every day. And Camille ended up getting up, too, just because she couldn't sleep, Um, couldn't get comfortable, couldn't stay asleep. So she just got up. So as I was sitting down in the in the kitchen eating breakfast before I left for work at six, she told me that she hadn't felt the baby move in a while, like in a a day or so. And it was concerning her. And she was just going to go ahead and call the doctor's office to see if she could come in a little early because we had another appointment scheduled for Thursday. But she didn't want to wait two days. I mean, if the baby's not moving now, then like something something's going on we need to get that checked out so uh, she told me that she was going to call the doctor's office when they open and uh, have them tell her what they wanted her to do so I started going throughout my morning trying not to blow her phone up like I I was worried and and I got all these different scenarios going through my head I don't know what's going on she doesn't know what's going on but I know if I like I I know she's going to keep me updated. So me asking her what's going on is not really going to help the process at all. Um, So eventually she let me know that uh, she called the doctor's office and they told her to go ahead and go to the hospital and get checked out. This is probably like around 830 or 9 because she called the doctor's office as soon as they opened. Um, So she went to the she went to the hospital um, and they told her that her blood pressure had risen more. And so she she was sitting she she got to the hospital like around 10 um, and she was getting checked out. They checked out the baby, found out that his heart rate was strong. He was he was uh, he was still in there. And I think she had felt him move at some point while she was there. Um, But they told her that her blood pressure had risen more. So keeping in communication with her, I got back to work from lunch 
and she called me and I could hear it in her voice. And it was it wasn't quite the same as whenever she called me a few months back and um, she like we had to take her to the ER. It wasn't that kind of like concern in her voice, but she definitely had concern in her voice. And the doctor that she was seeing when she was at the hospital on Tuesday was the same one that we had talked to on Friday, which is the same one who of all the other doctors in the practice was the only one that was concerned about his size. And um, she had mentioned at that point that if we ever, if we got to week 39, that she would think about inducing. And Camille was like, I don't know about all that. I don't want to induce. I just want to let it, let it, let the chips fall where they may. So this is the same doctor that she has on Tuesday. And she is letting us know, she's telling Camille that because her blood pressure is so high, she has kind of gone into the range of gestational hypertension, um, which occurs sometimes with, with pregnant women, like because of the pregnancy, like their blood pressure raises to an unhealthy level. And she said, so at this point, we had like two options. So one was she had gestational hypertension, which means that it's high blood pressure. It's it's kind of concerning. I mean, it is concerning, but it's not an emergency yet. But the problem is that if it continues to rise, it turns into preeclampsia. And at that point, like her organs and stuff start to shut down like the baby's fine. But like her liver and all that kind of stuff starts to shut down, which is not what the people want. So at this point, we had we had two options. Um, the first one was that we could go ahead and induce labor that day. Nobody was ready for that. The second option was that we could uh, Camille could go home and let stuff happen naturally and wait at wait it out to see if her blood pressure rises so i mentioned early on that um one of the things that camille wanted to do with this pregnancy was she wanted to have a natural birth which means that she didn't want to have any drugs at all which mean means that in inducing labor was out of the question she did not want to do it at all However, in this circumstance, it's like, yo, like your health is in danger if we don't do this. Like we're not we're not necessarily ready for it. Like this this week, week 38, we're still running around the house trying to get stuff ready because we feel like we got two more weeks. You know what I mean? So we're not ready for it. But her health is on the line. The baby's fine. So, I mean, at the risk of. With 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 the risk of her coming home and this developing into preeclampsia and her having even more health problems on top of it, we were like, nah, man, we got, we got to go ahead and induce today. So, again, I was sitting at work, not ready for this at all. Um, excuse me. I have several projects going on at work all at once, which is normal. Everybody has several projects going on at my job. But... Since I anticipated having a paternity leave coming up, which is a, which is four weeks, um, I was going to have to hand off all of my projects to some other coworker and have them work on a certain part of it until I came back. 
and I was trying to get everything in order and get everything to a, a certain spot where it'd be easier for me to hand it over to somebody and they would know what to do. I was trying to make it easier on them. But since I got this call, <laughs> I didn't have time to do that, man. I, I literally sat down and I started to think out something and it was it was kind of like the same thing that happened before when Camille went to the ER like I had to finish something so this thing could ship this at the, in th this time I'm sitting there and I was about to start working through this and I was like you know what man I can't do this right now I can't even think so I got off the phone with her shut down my computer, started shutting down everything else. And my boss's boss walked walk by. I told him what was going on. And he was like, oh, man, yeah, you got to go. And I was like, yeah, I was, I was about to. So I my, shot, my, shot my boss a text, and I was out. So um, I went home, got our hospital bags that we had packed and everything, and then went to the hospital to meet her. On the way, I called my parents told them that uh, that she was about to be induced and Camille told her parents that she was about to be induced. So <laughs> so Camille's parents were planning on coming here on the 17th. They had bought plane tickets. They were coming on the 17th. As soon as they found out the baby was coming, they were like, oh, no, we ch we're changing our flights to today. So they ended up getting in at 9 p.m. that evening. My parents told me on Saturday, the, the previous Saturday, I talked to my dad and he was like, yeah, whenever uh, y'all go into labor, Camille goes into labor, just let us know. And we're going to drive from Oklahoma City. It'll take us a couple of days. And by the time we get there, uh, the baby will be there. It'll be all good. So I did that. I called him, let him know the baby's coming. He was like, OK. Then they proceeded to buy plane tickets and they were here the next day. These people are not playing. I'm trying to tell you their first grandbaby. I understand, though. So um, I, f I get to the hospital, and like I said, Camille had been there since 10. I got there around 3, and we're just kind of sitting and waiting at this point. Um, eventually, they ended up getting us into a delivery room, and her doctor uh, came in and measured her cervix at about 3 centimeters, and she started getting ready to induce. And they had uh, the there was a monitor connected to Camille to monitor the baby's heart rate. There was another one to marry her contractions. And um, the interesting thing, though, is that like the baby's heartbeat was fine. Of course, he's been healthy this whole time. Heartbeat was steady and strong. And according to this this monitor, Camille was actually having contractions, but she couldn't even tell like she was sitting there. And the nurse is like, oh, man, you're having a big one right now. And she's like, word. So we're sitting there like, yo, this might not be that bad. Like she can't feel she can she can feel them. But it sounds like it feels like something mild. So we're like, OK, she's taking this like a champ. Not going to be that big a deal is about to be cake. Right. So we're sitting in the hospital. It gets to be about six or seven. And they start to give Camille Pitocin which, again, is not something that she wanted to do. Pitocin, again, um, is the synthetic version of oxytocin, which is something that your body, a woman's body, generates uh, to start having contractions and to get the baby out. So they give her Pitocin, the synthetic version, to try to make her have more contractions to bring them closer together so that it'll kind of push things along a little bit. They also... Um, 
had this balloon that they inserted into her cervix and then filled it with this saline solution to try to make her dilate a little bit more, which sounds terrible. And apparently it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for her to walk around and go to the bathroom and stuff with it. It was weird. Uh, But she took that like a champ, too. So, again, waiting and waiting more. It got to be about 11 p.m. and the balloon came out. And by this time, it had done its work and she was dilated to about a six. The contractions were a little bit stronger. Um, But we, uh, the doctor wanted to just wait and see what would happen naturally because that was what Camille wanted to do anyway. So by 2 a.m., she was still at a six. Uh, Contractions were still about the same. Stuff was not progressing. And she gave us the option of uh, breaking Camille's water. Again, like none of this is stuff that we normally would have chosen because Camille wanted to do all of this naturally. But given the fact that her blood pressure was high and continued to stay at that same level, it wasn't like it was going down. Like they were also measuring. So they had her on a, on a monitor for the baby's heart. They had her on a monitor for to measure the contractions. And they had this little automated cuff that was on her arm that would measure her blood pressure like every few minutes. And it was the same every single time, which was high. So at two, the, at 2 a.m., the doctor comes in and she's like, yo, we can uh, we can go ahead and break your water and get this stuff, get this stuff rolling. But I need you to know that as soon as we do that, contractions are going to like ramp up significantly. Like it's going to be way more painful. And Camille's like, oh, OK, we I mean, we got to do it. Like we talked about it for like half a second and we were like, yo, we got to get this thing rolling. Um, just for your health, we got to get this thing rolling. So we decided to go ahead and do that. And man, um, I feel like, like watching my wife's reactions, I feel like the contractions went from a solid two to like a 12, my dude. Like it, it was, like the the ramp was crazy. Like we sat there in the beginning thinking this is cake because she can't even feel these joints to like bruh. <sighs> I've never seen a person in person in so much pain in my life. Like from from two AM until he was born around noon the next day. She was in the worst pain that I've seen in that I've actually physically seen a person endure. And like, remember, again, that she decided to do this naturally. So it ain't no epidurals happening. Um, There was a time during uh, that period from two to noon that she asked for some drugs. She was like, yo, can you give me anything? So they decided to give her some fentanyl, which is a narcotic, which kind of helped um, she was basically high in between contractions. I don't know. I think they said that it would take the edge off of the contractions a little bit, but it would basically make her feel good, like in between the contractions. And you could kind of tell because she was a little bit loopy. Um, after that wore off, uh, then she asked for something else and they gave her nitrous oxide, which she kept saying wasn't doing anything, which probably speaks to the amount of pain that she's in she was in because i know every time that i've had nitrous oxide i literally feel like i'm flying and there's nothing in the world that can go wrong um in this instance it was like it was doing nothing and she was still in unbearable pain later as it got closer to uh, delivery she was in so much pain 
that she was literally begging them to do anything to get the baby out, including a C-section. She was like, yo, get this joint out of me. Cut me open. Do whatever you got to do. I do not care. I know it was not my plan. You got to get it out of me. And I'm sitting there like, yo, like, so I told you before that Camille is a planner. So every so everything that had been going on on Tuesday was outside of the plan. She didn't want to induce labor. She didn't want to have Pitocin. She didn't want any of that. But this whole natural thing is exactly what she wanted. And I was like, yo, you're here now. Like, we got to get this done. And by that time, it was too late for them for them to do a C-section anyway. So it was literally at the place of no return. Like, you got to push this baby out or... I mean, that's the only option. There isn't a, there isn't a number two. You got to push this baby out. Way too late for that. So she did. She pushed him out. And it was it was amazing. It was incredible. Um, I may have shed a thug tear. But at 12.28 p.m. on August 7th, our son was born. And it was it was a beautiful moment. Um, I had always said, I, I mean, matter of fact, I with almost everybody that I interviewed, I asked them if they looked and I said over and over again that I wasn't going to look. But I was I was standing there and I was holding one of Camille's legs and I'm touching her shoulder and I'm like trying to coach her the best that I can. And I thought that it would be a lot more difficult for me to look like I thought there would be obstacles in the way. You know what I'm saying? Like I thought it would be further away. It wasn't. And, um, I looked and it wasn't, it wasn't even like, it was gross, obviously, because yuck, but it was beautiful at the same time because this is my child. It wasn't like some random kid on TV and some random woman. This was my wife and my child. And I was watching him come into the world and it was, it was amazing. Like, I don't know that I would want to video it because it's not something that I would want to watch all the time. But the fact that I got to see it that time is amazing. And Camille did an awesome job. I, I kept telling her throughout the whole thing. And even the nurses were like, yo, you did this with no epidural. We don't see that often, which is surprising to both of us because we thought that this whole natural childbirth was a lot more common than it actually is. But everybody was amazed that she was able to do this. And I mean, she's a real MVP, bro. Like I always, I always saw Marcus see every time Marcina had a baby, like he'd be on, on Instagram and on Facebook talking about how she was a superhero because she, she's had them all naturally. And I can totally understand that. Like Camille is something else. Like, I don't, I don't know where she pulled that from because after so labor started around 6 p.m. He was born around 12. He was born at 12:28 p.m. the next day. So what is that like 17 hours? So for for I don't know maybe 15 of those hours she's sitting on a bed going through these waves of contractions, just in unbearable pain, and she was completely wiped out. And then for the last two hours, she had to summon some strength and some energy from somewhere to try to push him out. And I know it was difficult because she was struggling, but she did it. And like, I don't I don't know if there's anything that I could put in front of her that she can't actually do after seeing that. But it was it was incredible. I will say, though, that after it was all said and done, 
she looked me in my eye and she was like, I'm never doing that again, ever. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're not about to have an only child. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, we'll have more children. I'll be pregnant again. I'll have another baby. I'm never doing it naturally again. She's like, I don't know why people do this. Um, so little Don will have brothers and sisters eventually. Um, it probably won't be, uh, within the next year or so, um, that we get pregnant again. Uh, but the one thing that I can say for sure is that, um, she's not doing a natural birth again because, uh, yeah, yeah. It's 2019 and we got better ways. So that's not what it's going to be next time. But, um, yeah, man, our son is here. He's perfect. Um, I think I mentioned, well, I know I mentioned before when I revealed the gender that his name is going to be Donald. So little Don is here. Uh, the Metroplex DFW. He's perfect. Um, if you, if you'd like to see pictures, you can, you can check my IG, um, at walk says I posted a few whenever I announced that he was here. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but so he was born on, on Wednesday uh, on, uh, the seventh and we knew that we'd be staying in the hospital at least two nights. So we were expecting to leave on Friday. So by the time Friday morning came around, we are about to start packing our stuff and getting up out of here. And they measured his bilirubin levels, which is, I think it's a protein that's in the blood that um, is supposed to be filtered out by your liver. Um, if your liver does not filter it out, then you have jaundice. Um, his levels were like at an 18, which is high. Um, and they say that all babies are born, born with jaundice just because their liver has to figure out how to start working and it takes it a few days before it starts to actually do its job. But his levels were a little bit higher than they needed to be. So they wanted to keep us until, um, Saturday morning. They wanted to run another test at 6 a.m. Saturday morning. In the meantime, they were going to have him under these UV lights. So... We had to strip him down to his diaper. He had on like this little foam eye covering thing to cover up his eyes. And he had on his little beanie hat. So he looked like the um, the movie trailer poster for Hancock. Like <laughs> he's wearing this beanie and you can't see his eyes and he's just kind of sitting there. But man, when I tell you like between watching Camille like struggle with the worst pain of her life and watching him the first few hours under this UV light, just scream in terror and horror. I don't know which one was worse, but it was hard to watch. Um, but we eventually got him to calm down, um, had to take him off often to feed him and to change his diaper and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, it came around at 6 AM on Saturday and his levels were still at a 13 and they wanted to get him down to like a 12. So they kept him until 6 PM and they ran another test. Uh, the labs came back around like 8:30, and then we were able to leave. So Saturday evening, we brought our little boy home and I mean, his eyes are still a little bit yellow, which is another sign of jaundice, but he's good, man. He's, uh, 
he's great. And I mean, that's pretty much all I have, man. The baby is here. Uh, as you may have guessed it, this is the last episode of Expecting Taylor. I don't make any promises for whether or not there'll be a spinoff related to us raising Don or if there'll be a second season of Expecting Taylor when we get pregnant again. But either way, in any case, it's been a lot of fun and I thank you for joining us on this journey. I sincerely hope that you've had as much fun listening as I've had in doing this show for the past eight months. And as always, I hope you have a great rest of your day or night or drive or work day or whatever it is for you. And I'll talk to you again at some point whenever Chris and I record Eric and Chris have issues again. Thanks for listening, friends. Be good. Be good.